We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of KCSN Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our friends over at DraftKings. We've got a special guest coming on to talk a little bit more in-depthly about, uh, in-depthly is a word, uh, I just made that up, but uh, a little more in-depthly about uh, the the big storyline coming out of the Chiefs Super Bowl win over the Philadelphia Eagles, and that was the Chiefs' offensive line and their performance. So let's bring somebody on who knows a thing or two about offensive line and paying attention to all that good stuff. And Mr. Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, we appreciate you joining us and uh, talking a little Chiefs O-line against the the vaunted Eagles pass rush. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. I mean, whoa, what a game. They uh, they played they play fabulous. Yeah, it's a game where, you know, like you watch even both teams play and you come away thinking wow like both teams I think gave their their best effort and and I know the Eagles lost and, and they feel bummed about that and, and I'm sure losing Super Bowl has been very fun but you know you feel like both teams gave their best effort and that's always what you want in a Super Bowl. Uh, before we get into some more specific questions about what you saw and now that we've had a few days to go back and rewatch and kind of you know pick apart and look kind of more in-depthly I said it again uh, about this game, uh, I want to give you a chance. Uh, the the big boys club, the stuff that you do with Duke Manyweather, um, as far as like the offensive line getting ready for the draft, because a lot of our subscribers, a lot of people listening, getting ready for that. Uh, can you just kind of give you an opportunity to, to promote that a little bit and tell us what uh, what have you got coming up this year, what you've done in the past? Yeah. So you know we have uh, the big boys club. I, I hope we get season three going here soon. I'm not I'm not quite sure on on the green line on that quite yet, but we have O line masterminds that we have this summer. Uh, you know, but that's that's just Duke, man. I mean, it's Duke and Lane Johnson putting that together. Uh, they'll have this that summer going uh, this summer. It's a lot of fun. You know, Duke's training all the combine guys, getting those guys ready for the combine. Which I mean, you know, you go from Super Bowl right into, into combine prep like almost immediately. Um, and you know, it's uh, it 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 goes fast. Like I'm transitioning my mind already over to watching college film and 
preparing for for that side of, of football. So we're always we're always working, man. It never stops. It never <laughs> football. There's never even even the, the months are supposed to be slow. May, June, July, things like that. There's always stories and topics, and you know, for for us, it's it's preparing for the season and do those fun things with uh, with Duke and Masterminds. For sure. No, you guys have done phenomenal stuff. Whenever it comes to offensive line, I just go to you guys, go to you two and Brandon Thorne. It's just like, I got a question. Like, can somebody help me out with this? Or if I'm trying to learn something, uh, go to you guys for sure. And I want to get your thoughts. The reason, you know, talking through this, uh, your expectations going into Super Bowl 57. And I know we at the at KC Sports Network, we spent a lot of time talking about that matchup in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, but specifically for the Chiefs' offensive line, and now that we've heard the players talk about it afterwards, they definitely heard all the talk, and they took it personally as far as talking about the Eagles' pass rush and the way they did and how dominant were they going to be, not is there an opportunity for the Chiefs' offensive line to come out and kind of insert their will and play the way that they did. But before this game, what was your expectation of what that matchup and what that battle was going to look like? Um, You know, I... uh. I was curious to see how, how they game plan. You know, if if you look back to the Niners game, this was probably the best way to look at it. And the Chiefs had a great game against the 49ers, and the game plan was so diverse in the way they attacked most most really Nick Bosa. I think Armstead played yeah. in the nine in that game, but wasn't 100 percent or maybe he did play in that game. I don't recall if he played in that game. But just the way the way they attacked Bosa with the variety of the offense. And that that game kind of piqued my attention on, on how they might attack really Riddick, right? Like how they're gonna attack seven. And it did play out that way, the way they they went about it. Um, but my thing all week was like, look, the Eagles' offensive line is great. Don't get me wrong. But the Chiefs also have two All Pros, like Tooney and Creed are the two All Pros, right? And and I, I think Orlando Brown made the Pro Bowl this year. I, Pro Bowl voting to me is not. I don't really know how I kind of think about that so much anymore since Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl. I don't I don't really know how I feel so much about the Pro Bowl anymore. But you know, it's not like the Chiefs have bums at right tackle, right guard right. either, right? And, you know, if Andrew Wiley is your worst offensive lineman, you're doing pretty good. Like, that, that you know, the bar is pretty high in Kansas City for offensive line, especially at at right tackle. And um, I, I thought they could do things schematically to help themselves out, and they certainly did in this game. And one advantage that Chiefs have that not a lot of people talk about, and, and the smart ones obviously do, and we can understand it, is, is this offensive line built to withstand 45 pass reps a game not always are they to, you know, are they able to withstand 12 third and longs probably not but guess what they're often not in third and long right they're, they're they, they win they're number one in the nfl on first down number one in the nfl on second down right they, they're number one in the nfl at converting first downs into first downs and they stayed out of third down i remember there's a clip i watched inside the nfl and, and matt nagy at some point i think the first or second drive was like dude no third downs we're doing great right if you keep yourself out of third down you don't have to worry so much about the pass rush putting their ears back and then we and then we get to the game only eight third downs for the chiefs and i think the longer ones they struggled it wasn't perfect the long ones because yet yeah, guess what it's hard to pass protect on third and eight plus they're pinning their ears back they're coming after you but if you keep yourself out of those situations you don't have to worry so much about it so I expected the Chiefs to play better than most did because I think the offensive line is a little underrated. And they came out with a fabulous game plan. I thought it was Andy Reid's, and you know, give Andy Heck credit as well as I know he does the run game as well. It was maybe their best run scheme game in a long time. I can't recall a time 
where they actually like they stuck to the run. It was diverse. It was multiple. They did so many different things. And the offensive line just you can tell the games when the run game is emphasized during the week and the games where they say like we want to run the ball we we want to like be physical up front we want to get after it up front and like you could tell the games where that is emphasized from the first game plan this is definitely one of those games where it was like guys we need to run the ball and the offense line came out early in that game and they continued throughout the game of just hammering the Eagles defensive line and I just love the game plan. It was a really, really good game plan. I want to ask you about the diverse and multiple and have you kind of ex- extrapolate on that. Uh, for people who are listening, I think I know, but at the same time, I want to learn. That's why I love talking with you guys. I always learn something. My, my point going into the game about the Chiefs offensive line, it wasn't who's going to win up front. It was that if you give Andy Reid two weeks to game plan, knowing the variables that he's going to have, he's going to have a game plan that's going to be able to take something away. And to your point, you talked about with Nick Bosa. That if you can't just like, you're not just going to line up and chip them and send a tight end over there and help in that way, but you get unblocked looks, you're going horizontal, you're making him think and do all those things. Andy Reid was so good um, over the years of being able to, if you can't stop them, at least try to confuse them, slow them down, get things crossing in front of them. So I expected a ton of motion, especially when there were a lot of people talking about the communication at the second level and the linebackers, like you want to attack those. Well, that's Andy Reid's. MO, like just get window dress every, just move guys around, get everybody moving all over the place. And we saw with a couple of the touchdowns, it wasn't necessarily for the linebackers at the second level, but you saw the communication um, passing off those, uh, the man coverage routes uh, on the touchdown to Sky Moore and the touchdown to Tony. But when you say diverse and multiple with the running game, uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, it just did a lot of different things, right? Like he wasn't, I am often upset at their run games. I feel like it's too boring at times. Um, it's just kind of like hand the ball, run between the tackles. But if you yeah. noticed, you know, there was a lot of times they, they, they did some of the counter plays where they, they moved, you know, they pulled linemen. Um, you know, the first run play of the game, Creed kind of comes out and, and, and blocks sweat on that little, the little trap thing there. You know, obviously the third down, the little Lombardi sweep, the buck sweep. Um, they just, the, the long runner in the game where they had, the sky more motion across and they had Noah Gray come backwards. They run the little outside zone, mid zone run play. This had a, a multiple variety of things to show the Eagles. And so what happens is when you try to manipulate the linebackers, essentially, right? You want to get their no. eyes to look at different places. And because if their eyes look in the wrong places for just a split second, they're too slow to the ball. We call those like eye violations, right? When they're looking, Oh, here we go. And if they look like right here left, but the ball's going right, that split second is enough for that ball just to, to bounce out and then to be late. And now it's, you know, a seven yard gain, not a three yard gain. And Andy Reid's just really good at that. And we saw that happen throughout the game. And again, I just think the offensive line, too, took it upon themselves to just kick some ass. Um, and mm-hmm. if you watch them run off the ball, their physicality, again, started from play one. And again, I, I feel like there are weeks you can tell, like, we really emphasize running the football this week in practice. Like, we really yeah. came out with the attitude of we're going to kick their ass up front this week. And the Chiefs' offensive line did that. And it was very impressive to watch. Um, the inside three guys are good, man. They they're, they came out to run the football. They did that. They threw off the ball. I mean, Joe Tooney has played two Super Bowls now. Aaron Donald was one of them. And then the Eagles interior offensive line. He's been he's been nails, dude. He's been so good yeah. in these games. Um, obviously, Creed is Creed in space. I mean, Trey was getting after it. You know, Brown and Wiley, a lot of the run game 
in this game. You know, did Brandon Wiley weren't as involved, I think, in as they had been in other games. But the inside three was a, a kind of a big part of, of how successful they were. Let's say you saw the parade. I'm sure you saw the pictures of the zero sacks, the yes. zero sacks, put it on a t-shirt sheet, uh, shirts that they were all wearing. It was pretty, pretty good. Um, what was the most, I don't say surprising performance to you in this game, but you talked about the three interior guys. If you're talking about the chiefs offensive line and their performance and what they did, who stood out to you the most? Um, you know, I, it probably was, you know, it's, it's funny. It, I, if I thought they would help Wiley a lot, so I kind of thought he would play okay, and and they did more than they they, just, they never helped Orlando Brown. Like he was by himself the whole game. I mean, he, he was you know he was he was had Josh Sweat by himself. Um, he had kind of a tougher assignment during the game. Um, you know, I and I want to acknowledge one thing. Okay, this is something that's really bu- bugging me. Okay, yeah. this field sucked. Correct. Right. Yes. But notice all the plays the Eagles defensive linemen slipped. There's a Chiefs offensive lineman standing right in front of them. We're acting like they had a free path to Mahomes. It just fell down on that free path to Mahomes. There's a reason. Like the, the Chiefs off defensive linemen, the offensive linemen were in their way. It wasn't yeah, like they had pushed them, them the and fallen down. Yeah. Could they have turned the corner a couple of times? Absolutely. But does that mean they're sacking Mahomes, hitting? Absolutely not. There were times, yes, they fell down at the snap. I, I get all those. That, that kind of besides one of those. But the Chiefs defense line also had to play in those positions as well, right? And we saw Mahomes slip yeah. as well. I just thought that Brown and Wiley did a really fantastic job. Again, Brown did it with, with less help. You know, they, they game planned to help Wiley more, right? With a lot of what they did. And Brown was on island. And, you know, that's, you know, he, he did. He said in the post game interview, he's like, he wanted to play left tackle. This is what he wanted. He wanted this opportunity to play left tackle. He said for the Ravens, obviously, for you know, what his dad did, but he wanted to play left tackle. Well, excuse me, what Ogden did, which is what kind of like, you know, what his dad played with Ogden. But like, he wanted to play left tackle for Super winning team. And he did it. That's what he did. And he did it by himself for the most part in this game without any help. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I love. I'm gonna. I'm throwing this name out there. I was figuring out an excuse to bring this topic in. Where I had field conditions, and I was gonna ask you about that. But I just love the fact that since you were with the Chiefs and you know the the guys were involved, but like for the field conditions to be they were the way the guys were slipping, and then to find out afterwards that you know the Eagles players were switching their cleats up, and the Chiefs players never switched their cleats because Allen Wright and and Trop and all those guys had them yeah. had them taken care of in that kind of way. Uh, where it just you feel like you can give everybody in that organization credit yeah. after the fact of everybody doing their jobs. It, uh, it, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I, I was listening to the uh, to the New Heights podcast, and, and Jason, um, you know, Travis's brother, was talking about the cleats, and he said they all went out and like they warmed up, like they they had it on their mind. He went out and warmed up, and like he's like, "Oh, my cleats are fine. I'm okay with it." It's like they had a chance to switch their cleats. Um, no. My brother commented about, you know, Alan and the job that they do in, in making guys. I don't know if anyone wore different cleats, but they were certainly prepared for that. They went out and tested and whatnot. I mean, the logos were certainly worse. It was pretty bad, the right. logos. Um, the NFL just can't have that, right? I think we, like, the reason the Super Bowl is done in Arizona and in, like, a warm weather city is because the conditions should be perfect. Like, I, I want the Super Bowl to be played in perfect conditions where... There's no excuses, right? That either the turf is perfect, the grass is perfect, the weather is perfect. I don't want snow. I don't want rain. I want perfect. I don't want to, you know, have this game end and say, "Well, it was the fault of the of the grass. It was the fault of the officials." I just want there to be no nothing. Just talk about the game. And unfortunately, I get, but the grass was bad for both sides. And I think, I'll tell you what, what's what's been um um what's been great is to hear the Eagles coaches and players not blame anything but themselves. Yeah. Right? Like they have earned, not that they earned my respect. I, I respect them beforehand, but like the, the amount of respect I have for the way they have handled themselves. Like when I talk about officials or other things, I always say, look, I never blame officials, right? Win or lose, draw chiefs game, Oregon game, whatever it is. I don't blame officials because we can always do things differently as players. I, I can control what I can control. And I yeah. loved hearing the Eagles talk about that. I control what I control. I, again, Jason Kelsey was podcast. I could have ID'd someone differently. James Bradbury. Yeah, I held Juju. Did it matter for the play? Right. I don't know, but I held him. Like Jordan Malata. Yeah, the food was bad, but it was bad for everybody. And I love the attitude of that because that's as players. That's how we think. Like, yeah, shit happens sometimes. I get it. Calls don't go our way, but guess what? If I do something different on this play that I control, then... I don't worry about the officiating. It doesn't come down to the officiating. And I just loved hearing that from those players. Like Jalen Hurts, man, seems like the best guy, right? Like the way he talks, yeah. the way he leads. And, you know, it's it's just, and I, I just loved hearing the the personal accountability from their side, even though they played really well. And Jalen Hurts has nothing to like be accountable right. for. He played great. Um, so I just liked hearing that from them. And it really, I think it helped maybe us like get over this officiating thing because they didn't make it a big issue. Yeah. I one of my biggest takeaways after the game, and as somebody that didn't follow Jalen Hurts, you know, knew him from college, but didn't really pay attention to these pressers and the way that he carried himself in situations like this. Not that they had a lot of this year with all the games that they won, but 
Uh, I came away like respecting the hell out of the way that Jalen Hurts carried himself and the way that James Bradbury, which goes to like the Juju comment, which I know Chiefs fans are like split on. Someone's like, oh, you're having fun. I didn't like it. I, I thought I'm James Bradbury. I'm, I'm a little, I mean, just a cranky old offensive lineman. I'm 36. But like, I just kind of wish he didn't do that. Like, like you yeah. won. Like, just, 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 just go to your parade, get your ring in July, whenever you have your ring ceremony. Yeah. I, I don't know enough like, about the history. If there's a history between those players, maybe they knew each other a little bit. Or I mean, it's just, it's just a different, it, look. Yeah. It's just a different generation of guys. It's just different. That these guys are just, and it is, it is what it is. I mean, Look, man, we we've we had we spent segments talking about it. It's good content. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, it's good for our business, but um, yeah. I just do wish sometimes guys would just either win or lose. Sometimes more quietly, but yeah, I don't. It's one of those, I don't really care because I don't think they take this stuff super personal. Yeah. But I had a lot of respect for the way that James Bradbury right after the game like owned up yeah. to it. It really, of course, he could have lit a he could have lit a fuse. For Eagles fans, this would have never been if he had gone the other way and the players had gone the other way, it would be worse than it is now with the way that people are talking about it. So I left like after that, I was like, you know what? Good on him for admitting and doing that. And then when I saw the tweet, it was like, come on. Like it was not Eli Apple. It's not all this trash talking for the Bengals game. Well, that that's kind of why too, like, because Bradbury said, like, yeah, I held you. Then to put that out anyways, like after he kind of said, like, yeah, I screwed up, did feel like the spirit of like the joke kind of. I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it it is. Uh, but the, uh, the TikTok boy, though, uh, I mean, AJ Brown, I don't know. He kind of, I think he kind of won that round a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It, but, it just got to a point where it's like, back. what are we doing? Can we just get ready for a parade? Know. Let's just do this. Come back from, from that one. That's, that's hard. <laughs> All right. Let's get back. Let's get back to the, the big boys up front because I do have a question for you. Uh, yeah. Because big storyline all year for the Chiefs was Orlando Brown Jr. betting on himself. The contract yeah. situation. If you were the Chiefs, what do you do? Because last time I checked, you let him go or you don't franchise tag him. He's going to be the best offensive tackle available in free agency unless you make a trade or do something. What do you do if you're the Chiefs? This is really tough, right? Um, I um, you have Wiley's a free agent too, right? So you yeah, kind of don't are. have to. Yeah. Um, I the reports or early reports are they're going to franchise tag Brown again? I think right. Um, I would guess so. They can't just let him. I mean, I'm mean, just going to let him walk. But you, you can't. You probably can't spend like Trent Williams' money on him, right? Yep. But he deserves to get paid something. I mean, this is the hard part of the, about the business, right? And the Chiefs have shown with the Tyreek Hill decision, like, hey, we have a price, and we're. But the difference is, this is now you're kind of messing with Pat Mahomes because you, you know, you're messing with his blockers, right? Like, you sort of can't take that risk of of not finding a left tackle. And, and that's and it's different than you know we can find to me to me you can find Pat can make the wide receiving core right yeah you can't make a left tackle right you know like if you don't have a left tackle you're kind of in trouble and yeah. so you might have to overpay a little bit from what you're comfortable doing just to say we have that position and Pat we don't worry about that and you know maybe and look and you drafted Lucas Niang like at some point he has to play so I imagine he will play right tackle and Wiley will, will walk and he'll get a deserved payday somewhere else. Um, yeah. That's sort of the way the Chiefs, I think, handle, for the most part, handle offensive line. They don't typically pay a lot of their own guys, right? They haven't in the past. I mean, Not lately, I, I, but for a while they did. I mean, they took care of Fisher, they took care of Mitch, they took care of LDT. Yeah. Uh, so there was a Mitch stretch there. Dra- Fisher was the only guy they drafted they paid. Right? LDT. They paid LDT. LDT, yeah, because 
Yeah. They didn't pay Jeff and didn't they didn't pay Mitch. Rodney. They didn't, yeah. They, yeah, they didn't pay Mitch. Mitch Morris. Um Mitch Morris, yeah. Mitch Morris, yes. But yeah, they didn't draft Mitch, my brothers. So um yeah. I, I think they probably let Wiley walk and let, I mean they have Lucas Niang. That's why he's there, right? And, pay, and put Lucas yeah. in the right tackle and then pay Brown and um you know, maybe the draft this year is not tackle heavy, so I would imagine that's not what okay. I'm looking. I think if I think if it was like a big left tackle draft, maybe you you, you pay Wiley and you draft a left tackle, but it's not really that draft this year. So yeah. I'd imagine that's what they do. They they pay Brown, let Wiley walk, put Niang in right tackle, and um, you know, I would imagine at some point they draft a lot. I mean, Kennard was drafted last year too. He's probably playing guard, I'd imagine. So um yeah. that's that's how I think they look at it. Yeah, it. I'm sure you've had this conversation too, and we have it with Chiefs fans and everybody every year because at this time of the year, you're talking about roster composition. Where do you try and attack certain things knowing a free agency comes first? If there's not a tackle available, if they did want to move on or if they tagged them and then tried to make a tag and trade or whatever it is, you're not leveraging. I'm not going to explain this very well. You're not setting yourself up to just being like, oh, they'll draft a left tackle and just put him there. You can't plan like that as a GM. No, you can't. You can't. You don't know who's going to be there picking so late, and it's after free agency. So if you don't get your guy, there's nobody available unless you're making a big trade, and then you're completely have no leverage, and so you're at a pretty bad spot at that point. So that can't be your plan. I'd still be surprised if the Chiefs didn't take another young tackle at some point in this draft, uh, just because. I mean, everybody's getting older up there, uh, and whatever they're going to do with Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, even if you pay him, it's still draft another young player because Lucas Niang's injured. You don't know what you have in Kennard and to yeah. your point might slide in play guard um, area to add, but uh, anything else stand out to you about the chiefs offseason decisions they have to make um, across the entire roster. The one, the one like, well, the wide receiver, obviously you have to figure out, I think they need the number one no. wide receiver, whoever that, and I don't, I don't think Tony's that number one guy. I just they have to no. find someone. It's probably, it's probably not MVS either. There's someone look at someone. The one question I come back to is this. Um, this is a tight end heavy draft. And I wonder if at 32, 31, I guess, this year, because there's no 30-second pick, they can luxury draft one of these tight ends. Um, like, these guys are good. This is a good year. Like, I know Kelsey's got a couple years left. I get it. But, like, this is the year to get one if you're looking for your next guy. Like, I don't know if Noah Gray is that guy. He's good. No. I don't know. Like, but if you're like, you know what, we we're 31, and you know we kind of had like Dalton and Kane is a mid first round pick, you know, grade, and we had, a, we had Luke Musgrave, and they're just kind of sitting there. I think they'd be those two guys for me. Yeah, and um, just like they're just sitting there, like, do you do it? And you know they run a ton of 13 personnel. Yeah. Um, you you know Fortson, I don't know what his contract situation is, but you know then you have your three tight ends, you Kelsey, your draft pick, and Noah Gray. And you just you just roll on your way with your three tight ends, and they're doing and and that that's the interesting part to me. Like they don't need a tight end, yeah. But you know, Kel, and I, Kelsey said this year on the podcast too. I go back to he said like this is a tough year for him physically. Like it just was hard to get through. Yeah. You get older, it's harder. Like again, no, make the very they're not replacing Travis Kelsey. Yeah. This is such a, a tight end heavy draft. That I could see them saying, like, look, if one of those guys falls to 31 that we really like. Jeff, I've said this for ourselves. like four years. What? I've said this what? for four years about the Chiefs. Oh, really? The tight, taking a young tight end. It was like, this is the year. There's there's this guy, this guy, and this guy. And it's like, they've got to get somebody at some point. They've got to get somebody. the best year it's been a long time, though, for tight ends. 
Yeah. Um, I, the Musgrave kid from Oregon State, if he's a, if they're at 31, I don't know how you pass him if you're in Kansas City. All right. Dude, I've been looking play. I spent some last time last night watching a few of the wide receivers just because you mentioned it before. But MV, there's only like three guys under contract beyond this year. It's MVS. Now it's Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore. Moore yeah. Like McCall's a free agent. Juju's a free agent. Expect Juju to come back depending upon the market because last year the wide receiver market went bananas. Juju's one of the better wide receivers available in this market based on how the prices were set last year. So who knows what he may get offered uh, if he goes out onto the market. But I was watching Zay Flowers, the kid from Boston College. Only thing I don't know about that is he's another small, he's similar in stature. They need like a, they need like, like a, to Tony Sky Moore. They need like a the same build. The ball guy, like yeah. a um, big. Yeah. The one wild card is, is if Justin Ross, is that his name? Justin Ross? Yeah. From Clemson. If he's, it gets cleared and's healthy to play. He's that guy. If he can if he's can be healthy, but who knows? Um, that long tight end. Likey. It's a good. It's a good tight end season. It's a good tight end year. That'd be a good one. We've got months to talk about that and to overanalyze all of that, and we get into crazy, crazy, crazy thing about winning the Super Bowl too, Jeff. And you were mentioning it earlier. Is that there's no time? Like all of a sudden, like we're two weeks away from the combine. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my god! How did this sneak up on us? Like oh, we made it to the Super Bowl. And there's an extra week in there. And next thing you know, combine. Yes. The NFL has done a phenomenal job at making something right around the corner all I know. the year. Yeah, it's wild. Keeps us busy. Well, I know. we appreciate you for, for joining us on this episode. Thank uh, you. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of different things going on. I appreciate you stopping by. Talk a little O-line, a little Super Bowl, a little Chiefs offseason. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll have more content here at KC Sports Network. Uh, wrapping up the Chiefs Super Bowl win over the Eagles and getting you ready for the offseason with all the different stuff coming up. Our draft content starts next week. We'll have all the interviews and everything we got out at the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas, plus much more. Make sure to stay tuned here to KC Sports Network. Appreciate all you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.